Welcome to Financial Discretion Advised. I'm Abram Berkemeyer. I'm Tyler Hafford. Let's cue the music. All right. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about investment and retirement income taxation. Yeah. Where do we want to start? That's a good question. What's, what's going on with you, Abram? How are you today? I'm good. We're I'm good. Yeah, let's break the ice a little bit. Yeah, we're doing this on a Friday. Yeah. You're yeah. looking, like I said, you look like you're going fishing. I mean, it's to be a beautiful day to go fishing. Yeah, it's nice yeah. out there. You're doing all right. Nice. I'm doing okay. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing a little test. My wife tells me that she listens to the podcast. I have some questions that, that she actually does. So I'm going to throw this out there, put it on the record. I had a donut with bacon on it today. Oh, nice. And I will tell you that if she does listen to this podcast, I will be hearing about that at some point. <laughs> so that's a, a little tester for everyone. But like Abram, like Abram said, we're going to do uh, investment and retirement income. A lot of clients have questions around how, how are my investments taxed in a taxable account? How am I going to be taxed when I start taking money out in retirement? Uh, thought we'd dive into that today. Um, <clears throat> plus, there's some stuff in the news. Might be some changes on how those things are taxed, right? right. Uh, depending on how much money you make. Um, so yeah, let's dive into cool. it. Probably one of the best places to start is the tax advantaged accounts. Um, so throughout your working career, you may have saved money in a Roth IRA or a 401k plan or a 403b plan. Um, if you saved money in a, in a 401k or a 403b, most likely that was done in, in a pre-tax basis, which means you got a tax deduction yep. while you put the money in. So you weren't taxed on that income while you're working. And now you're at the retirement stage and you're looking to take money out of that account. And this is where they're going to hit you. Yeah. So you're going to get your taxes there, right? So these accounts work that you put your money in today. Uncle Sam gives you that tax break, says, why don't you save to retirement? It benefits Uncle Sam because it loose, it lessens the burden when you get older in retirement on the social security system. You have some money set aside, so they're going to give you this little break. However, Uncle Sam is not giving you that tax break forever. Right. Uh, he's going to eventually come asking for that money. Um, but you know, a lot of folks will put money into a pre-tax plan for a couple of reasons. One, the idea is that you're probably making more money today. So you're in a higher tax bracket. You get your tax deduction, right? You get the break today. If you step into retirement, and this is the important part of when you take the money out and how it's taxed, it's going to be taxed at your income rate, your and ordinary tax income rate. You don't have any income. You just, you just quit your job. <laughs> right. So if, uh, if income is lower, the idea is that when you're pulling the money out, you are getting taxed at a lower rate than you would have if you didn't, if you didn't get the, the tax break when you were in the working world. A lot of clients have questions around that because they don't know what taxation looks like. Essentially, it's income yeah. in retirement. It's treated as such. You got the break when you were working at a higher rate. Hopefully, you're taking it out at a lower rate. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you will, at least because of the progressive, progressive tax rates, obviously. You got your first yep. tax buckets, you're at the, being taxed at 10%, your second level, you're taxed at 12%, and then your third level, 22%. So right. um, obviously, you're going to fill up those lower tax buckets when you have no income, when you take money out of a, a pre-tax account, like a 401k. Yep. Um, now, before we dive into this, and I want to put out a bit of disclosure to people listening, Abra and I are going to dip our toes into some hot political topics of today. Um we don't want to go one way or the other here. We want to give the pros and the cons of what's going on. But I think there's an argument that can be made that we may be living in the lowest tax environment that we'll see in our lifetimes, right? Tax 
taxes today are, especially after the 2017 tax act, um, are probably as low as they're gonna be. So thinking about that, what tax rate you're putting into a pre-tax or a Roth IRA today, what's the impact gonna be down the road, especially if you're younger, probably gonna see some tax hikes along the way at, at some point. So just a little bit more complexity right. when you're trying that's to make the, Yeah, that's the tough part about the planning for it is that tax rates change based on you know what the government decides to do and with where they set income tax rates. So sure. um, obviously like if you are planning for lower taxes in the future, then whether it's because you're going to be in a lower income tax bracket or whether because you think that, you know, the government's going to move into a lower tax environment, that's obviously where pre-tax accounts come out on top. Yeah. Um, and I think the important thing for other important aspect of these pre-tax accounts, like 401ks that people need to understand um, is the tax treatment of the money in the account while it's growing. Right. So in these Good accounts, point. you can, you know, you're going to, buy some fund, some investment in your pre-tax account. Um, when you when you sell it, you're not taxed in that account. So you can hold cash in a 401k, you can hold you know, an S&P 500 yep. mutual fund in a 401k. And no matter when you buy or sell, you're not, there's no tax implications in that account because it's growing tax deferred yep. over your career. And then when you take the money out, whether you invest it in cash or whether you invest it in, a, in some funds, um, doesn't matter. It, it's only taxed when you take the money out. So it doesn't matter right. if you invested it along the way. And a couple, a couple big things about that. Um, a lot of questions I get when I'm meeting with folks is if they have a 401k and they want to move it into an IRA, am I going to get taxed on that? What if they sell it? I take a check. You have 60 days to get into an IRA without being taxed on it as a distribution, but you, you just sold all the investments you had. You bring a cash check to your, you know, your new custodian, you put it in your IRA you are not taxed on any of that. You can go to work with a new advisor, blow up all of your investments, change everything, not see a, a single ramification on the tax side. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important for folks to know because I think there's some anxiety around that, right. wanting to make changes in your retirement accounts. You can do that. Yep. Uh, and you can do it without, without having to incur any And that's taxes. why I prefaced it with tax advantaged accounts. Right. That's really what we mean is, you know, you can maneuver your investments around any, any which way, and it's not going to have a tax implication in a, in a pre-tax account, like a 401k or an IRA yeah. or a 403b. Um, let's switch gears. The other avenue that you could take would be uh, Roth contributions. Yeah. So that could still be in a 401k setting or more traditionally a Roth IRA. Yep. Um, that's another very tax advantaged account because in this case, you put the money in after tax, so you don't get a tax deduction today. Yep. The trade-off is you get some favorable treatment in retirement when we're talking about taking out money, yep. like we are now. Uh, when you take money out of a Roth IRA, it's completely tax-free. And that includes what you contributed comes out tax-free because you've already been taxed on it. Yep. Maybe, you know, if they tax you twice on it, that'd be pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> and then and then you get tax-free growth in, in a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good tool for planning, especially if you think, you know, today, relatively low tax environment, historically yep. speaking, uh, going forward, if we think that we're going to have to raise taxes to pay off things like national debt over time, then, you know, if we think we're going to be in a higher tax bracket towards at retirement or yep. just later in retirement, you know, a Roth IRA or Roth 401k is going to give you that tax-free growth. You're not going to have to pay tech, higher taxes if the tax rates go up or if you right. want to take out more income in retirement. 
And I know everyone listening has listened to all of our podcasts. Every single one. Every yeah. single one, probably twice. Uh, if, <laughs> if you need a refresher, go back. We've talked about why we really like Roth IRAs. Um, we've talked about why making conversions can make some sense mm-hmm. to having it. One thing that I think is probably a good podcast that we should do is location of assets into different accounts and why it makes sense to hold certain types of right. your investments in a Roth versus a traditional. It's a pretty complex and uh, in-depth conversation. So I don't think we'll do it here today, but don't think that you're locked into having to do one or the other. You can have a mm-hmm. 401k at work and do a Roth IRA if you're under income limits yeah. uh, outside of work. And that can give you a lot of flexibility in retirement to help you control taxation. I know we talk right. about RMDs and having to take your money out of your qualified accounts, uh, your, your pre-tax qualified accounts. The Roth doesn't make you do that. You can right. hold you know, your Dodge coin and your Tesla <laughs> in your Roth and hope it grows to the moon <laughs> tax-free um, and you know, hold some, some you know, less risky assets in the IRA. And it just allows you to create one, I think, in my opinion, a better portfolio overall for mm-hmm. all your investments, uh, keeping things in the right places, but gives you a lot of flexibility and control over taxation once you do get into retirement. Yeah. And the other nice thing about these Roth accounts, like I said, they're tax advantaged when you sell an investment. Yep. No taxation. Uh, even when you take the money out, no taxation. But you know, along the way, you're not getting taxed on any right. capital gains or any interest or any dividends in a Roth. Yeah. Um, it's just tax free through and through. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So we've covered retirement side of things. Yeah. Um, well, I guess you got yeah one other type that we, we can touch on briefly. And those would be after tax contributions to a pre-tax account. Gotcha. So this is much more rare, yep. um, but something that we should touch on. Um, so, you know, along the along your working career, some folks uh, might contribute to a traditional IRA, which is another pre-tax savings vehicle. Yep. Um, but they might be over income limits uh, to take the tax deduction on their return. So if you put $6,000 in, to a traditional IRA, but you can't actually take the deduction on your tax return, then that's go- that money's going in what we call after tax yep. into a traditionally pre-tax account. Uh, when you do that, you get the tax deferred growth on that money. Um, so if you put 6,000 in and say it grows to 12,000, uh, when you take that money out, that 6,000 in growth is gonna be taxed as income, just like any other pre-tax account. But since your after tax your contributions went in after tax, you're going to be able to take that initial six thousand out right. that you put in and take that out tax free. Um, yeah. Takes a little bit of math. Essentially take yeah. take what you contributed after tax, divided by what it's in the account. And right. Yeah. That's they, your percentage of comes of, out what they call pro rata. Yep. So if you have an after tax traditional IRA and you dump your 401k into that and then you're trying to take money out uh, from your IRA that's got after-tax money plus pre-tax money in it. Only a portion of that that you put in after-tax with every check you give yourself out of your account is going to come out uh, tax-free yeah. as the as the after-tax contribution. Good accountant or financial advisor can help you through that piece. Yeah, certainly yeah. talk to an accountant when it comes to the taxes. But um, yep, sorry I forgot about those, Abram. You're always keeping you're, just on you're it. Sharp. Just on it. You're sharp. You may, you may not dress well, but you're sharp today. <laughs> Um, all right. So let's move outside of the retirement account world. Yeah. Um, non-tax advantage, non-tax advantage. So what we would call a taxable account. Yeah. Uh, which is funny. Cause I guess you could never pay taxes on it if you didn't want to sell anything. 
Um, but <laughs> hypothetically, yeah. yeah. So these are accounts, uh, just a brokerage account. You open it up, you buy some investments. How do we get taxed on that? Right. It's mm-hmm. it's not the same as your income tax. Well, maybe right. if you hold stuff for less than a year, but we're not going to call it it your right. income tax rate. Yeah. So um, to start, you know, you're putting money in after tax because this is money that's already been taxed by the government. So you can think of this as coming out of your net pay. Uncle Sam's not helping you out here. Uncle Sam's not helping no. you out. You don't get any any special tax treatment going forward, but you do get some good trade-offs on that. It means you can use the money at any time. Yep. So if you have, a say, an early retirement, then you, the normal distribution age for uh, tax-qualified accounts would be at 59 and a half. Yep. If you take try to take money out before that, they slap a 10% penalty on it. So uh, just a regular taxable account like we're talking about now is one way that you could save up for an early retirement. So, cause you can take money out of this at any time cause they don't give you very many special tax incentives right. for, for investing in this type of account. But it's also good for, you know, shorter term goals. Maybe you right. want to buy a house in seven years yeah. and you got some extra money. You're going to put it away. Let it do some work for you. Why buy a house? Buy a houseboat. Come on. Well, once again, everyone's listened to our really great podcast and Maine State Real Estate. I need to invest. I'm going to be buying a house <laughs> in the state of Maine. Um, but yeah, so you don't get that tax advantage up front. The government is going to give you a bit of a tax advantage for investing in companies if you're going to hold that for over a year. What would you right. call that? Call that like, Jeez. Uh, uh, let's go long term with it. Yeah, yeah, uh, long term. Okay. So yeah, if you're if you're gonna take some money and you're gonna invest it into companies and 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 help, essentially help companies here in the United States but across the globe, right? The global yeah, yeah. economy, uh, and you hold those for a year or more, you're gonna get a special tax rate, your long term capital gains rate. Uh, today, that's either zero percent, fifteen percent, or twenty percent, depending on how much money you make. I think. We got to be up over what close to half a million if you're going to hit that 20 percent yeah it's 400, over it's 000. over 400 yep um everyone in the middle i think for joint filers if you're up over eighty thousand or so you're going to hit that 15 percent. Yeah. anything under that uh you're the lucky ones you're going to go uh zero yeah. percent taxes on those long-term capital gains rates yeah um so just initially right there uh that's some strategies you can implement in retirement might be you know if you don't have uh, a lot of pre-tax assets. Maybe you get to retirement in your situations a little different than some other folks these days, and you've just got a lot of, a lot of taxable account assets. Yep. And you've got no income, and you're married, yeah. and you're filing jointly. You could take out roughly eighty thousand dollars of cap long-term capital gains from your investment, sell them, pay zero percent taxes. Yep. Uh, while you're in, while you've got well, no income. So this is another place where an advisor and a, and a CPA or an accountant can really help you out. I know at the end of the year here, we look at clients and say, all right, what's income look like? Can we take advantage of that? Right. Cause <laughs> my favorite tax rate zero, I, I say that <laughs> a lot. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, definitely something to pay attention to. I want to make another note for folks. Uh, when I throw out the zero, 15, 20%, one thing to remember is that that rate will always be lower than what your ordinary income rate is. Right. So it is an advantage, no matter which part of that scale you're on. Uh, at least that's how things are today. Yeah. yeah. Um, so typically, if you're in the 15% long-term capital gain rate, that would if that was income, that would put you at the 22 marginal, 22% right. marginal tax rate. So right there, you got 7% tax savings by holding on to an investment for a year in a in a taxable account yep. through the long-term capital gains. Yeah. This, so the system is incentivizing us to hold things long-term. 
Right. Um, yeah. That benefits everyone and benefits the investor and benefits the companies. Um, so that that's something. Now, let's say you bought a company and you're just not happy with it. It's not doing what you want it to do. So you want to sell it within a year. Mm. What's the taxation look like that? Well, if you have a gain, even though it's not doing what you want it to do, which sounds all right. Let's say, <laughs> let's say, let's say you're just, like me. I'm you pick the holes. stock. Yeah. 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 You pick, uh, we're not Craig John kiss here. Uh, yeah. We didn't pick the the soaring winners. Uh, we just have a stock that's muddling along. But yes, yeah. you got a small gain so on it. Gain. But you want to get rid of it. Yeah, you want to get rid of it. You held it for less than a year. I don't know. We got long term after a year. I guess we call it a short term capital. Let's go gain. short term with it. Yeah. 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 Just in, inventing great terms that you can find on the internet. <laughs> um, so short term capital gain. That just means that you're going to pay income on any gain that you had. So you have an investment, you bought it for 10 bucks. You sold it a month later at 15. Yeah. Government's going to charge you $5 or charge you income tax on that $5 capital gain yeah. that you had. There's a short term because it was less than a year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just treat it like your income. It's like you, it you had some extra income. We're going to add to the end. Now, certainly you can net things against each other. It's tax loss harvesting. That's another episode that will be a little more in depth than, than we'll talk about here today. But you can take those gains, say you had short-term and long-term gains and net them against each other. Mm -hmm. If you had some losers and some winners, uh, you know, in a perfect world, you make a ton of money on your investments, but uncle Sam looks at it. looks like you made nothing. Um, that's kind of tax loss harvesting. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. playing the game. But I think the, and I think the important thing for folks like it, at the withdrawal stage is to remember you're going to want to mitigate your short-term capital gain yeah. as much as possible because that's going to be your highest tax bracket. If you can wait that year, you've yeah. got the investment and you're, you know, say you're 30 days out from a long-term capital gain and you don't think it's going to collapse in the next 30 days, right. then generally it's a good idea to hold on to the investment, get into that lower tax bracket, save yourself some money. You know, and we get close to that. Maybe we're half a month away from realizing long-term gains versus short-term. I'll be talking to clients and, you know, in our world, we never use the G word, the, the guarantee word, right? I can't tell you what the rates are, your returns are going to be, but I know that if we just go the next right. 10 days that we're going to at least make, you know, this much more because we've saved on taxes. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you can hold off, uh, certainly in your advantage to do so. Yeah. And then hopefully the investment doesn't stays, <laughs> stays good in that, in that amount of time. Hopefully you didn't take um, a recommendation from Mayburn and I. <laughs> So then there, you got a couple other tax implications on these accounts. So we've covered the short-term capital gain, the long-term capital gain. Those are really the two of the big, two of the biggies. Yeah. Uh, but then you're also don't get any special tax treatment on interest or income that these, that, that your investments are earning throughout the year. Yep. Uh, so, you know, just like a bank account where you've got your really low amount of interest that you're earning every year these days. Uh, in your in your taxable account, if you have interest that your investments are earning, yep. that's going to be taxed to you uh, in the year that you receive it. So yep, you get that, and then you got income, which is usually in the form of dividends from companies. So yep, uh, you know a, a stock or a publicly traded company uh, might take their profits and decide to distribute that back to their investors in the form of a dividend, um, and that's income to you in the year that you receive it yep Unless, whether whether you want it or not but 
Yeah. So unless they're, they're qualifying, but yeah. uh, before that, it almost makes sense to be holding those types of assets in like a tax advantage account. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where they're not going to tax you on the interest. Or the right. If you got interest in a, in a lot of income producing assets and you got that in yep. your, in your traditional IRA, doesn't matter how much income they pay you. It's Yep. You're not being taxed until you take that money out of that account. Another quick thing on that. If a company is giving you stock dividends, not money, uh, that won't be taxed you in the year that you receive them in the same way that if they gave you a cash dividend. Uh, yeah. Just a caveat there. Some, yeah. some companies will give you shares. Sure. Anyway, sorry. You were going on about qualified dividends. I was actually pitching qualified dividends to you, but uh, yeah. So a qualified dividend, uh, I'll, I guess I'll field that one too. I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking today, yep. but you know, one of us has to be a ringer around here. So uh, yeah, qualified dividend, essentially uh, it, you have held an investment for a long enough period of time. That income that you receive from that investment becomes still a dividend, becomes what's called a qualified dividend. Yep. And that's when you actually get taxed on those dividends as uh, long-term capital gains rates. So yep. um, good. Also, another just just another tax incentive to invest long-term yep. in companies. Um, now, we keep saying capital gains tax and, and those types of things. You've probably started to hear about that in the news a bit. Um, the current administration is looking to increase that top band there, that 20% on the long-term capital gains, up to 39.6%, uh, which is a big jump, obviously, from 20%. They're looking to do this on the high earners, uh, you know, yeah. a, million, a million or more. Like I said at the beginning, this is getting to a bit of a political discussion. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're, what we want to do is dissect what kind of impact can that have pros and cons right. of it um you know by increasing that tax rate right we talked about earlier by having lower tax rates especially on people that hold investments for over a year we're incentivizing investment in companies um right it's the I, old tax carrot and stick yeah right you wag somebody a carrot well, i guess not a person <laughs> probably a you know, the the investment horse yes you have a carrot in front and yep. uh and you say hey will give you lower tax burden for this behavior. Right. And so that long-term capital gains tax treatment where you're going to save money because it's a lower than your income tax treatment. Yeah. That's the government telling you that this is a good idea. Let's incentivize longer term investments. Right. Um, so that's the, that's the carrot. Yep. Obviously increasing taxes is another way where they can disincentivize uh, people to have certain behaviors. So when you have really high tax rates, look right. at tobacco, big product gets yep. the crap taxed out of it. Um, and that increases, you know, things like cigarette costs, and right. Like that to disincentivize people to buy it because it's, you know, higher cost, right. Tax, taxation is a, it's a way to kind of try to control behavior. Right. right. So like you said, and, and so you know, the argument against raising this tax would say, you know, you're going to raise it on high earners in the country. They're more apt to have the money to invest in companies and, and kind of to, to put their money to work. Um, will they do that if they're not receiving that incentive to get lower taxation on those types of investments? Will they put their money other places to try to avoid paying that high tax rate, right? I said, you're always going to have a lower tax rate than you would if you had ordinary income. Mm -hmm. um, we're starting to push that up to the top bracket now if, if, right. if we're looking at that. 
The flip side of that is we are doing a ton of spending right now. We right. just pulled our economy out of you know the worst pandemic in a hundred years. Um, a lot of spending there. How do we pick up the tab for that? Mm. This seems to be one avenue that they're exploring is saying, all right, these folks have a ton of money already. They're making a ton of money. They're investing it. Why don't we tax or raise the tax rates on that? Right. Raise tax, hypothetically more revenue. More revenue, uh, more money coming in. Uh, there's a lot of infrastructure talk right now going through mm -hmm. um, the government about, all right, let's rebuild the country essentially. And, and then how do we pay that? Um, it is, I would say, politically uh, dangerous to want to tax everyone, especially lower earners in the country. So it tends to go to the higher end of the, the income brackets there. So, um, you know, that's going to be a hot topic, I think, and you're probably going to hear it in the news. It's going to be discussed. Mm -hmm. That's what they're talking about when they're saying capital gains yeah. rates. They're talking about these long-term investments. Um, and they're, and they're making the argument that if you're on the top band, do we want to, do we want to keep it at 20%? Or do we want to up it and see if we can generate more revenue? Yeah. And they're going to be discussing what kind of impact is that going to have on investments right. in, the, in the economy, especially in the U.S. economy, right. um, which is where you know, the majority when people are investing, a good portion of, portion of their portfolio is probably going to sit in the U.S., um, companies here in the U.S. So. Yeah. yeah, and I think one of the other areas that you can kind of touch on with that would be uh, real estate investing as well. Just like hard real estate, not talking about buying a, buying a REIT in your right. account. Right. But if you're buying hard real estate, obviously this is one area that could be impacted long-term. Yep. Um, real estate obviously comes with big price tags. Everybody knows it's bought a house. Yep. <laughs> uh, once you, even though we've got long-term capital gains rates increasing on you know high earners, people that earn more than a million, you know, you could still be a relatively middle-class person that goes out and buys an investment property, real estate property, say, you know, $500,000 multi-unit that you have as a part of your portfolio over the, your lifetime. Right. And that appreciates over time. And then say you get to retirement and now you're looking to offload it. Maybe, yeah, that how that investment property was 500,000 when you first bought it appreciates up to 1.2 million because right. your market's hot. Now, when you sell that, you're going to have a capital gain because that's another area that gets capital gains treatment because you've held the investment property yep. for more than a more than a year. Yep. And now that when you sell it, you know that's an area where you could might be getting pushed up into that higher tax bracket. Right. Um, just for that one year, obviously not every year. Right. Uh, that's but a different story if you've got. But you're right. The investment's not as attractive. That's right. Gonna if you're going to pay of it, twice right. the amount. Um, you know, will that impact votes? Is that something they're going to discuss? I, you know, I'm sure they'll dive into all of these types of things, but you're, you're certainly right. Um, there, sometimes when this legislation goes into effect, there's ramifications that weren't intended, right? I don't right. think that that's exactly what they are targeting when they're talking about raising the capital gains tax. Um, but there's certainly outcomes that just affect some people in, in different ways. So, right. um, yeah, so I think that's, I mean, did you have anything else on taxes? I, um, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much, you know, those are your kind of your three, three and a half, uh, kind of accounts that you would, you would have and yeah, how you'd be taxed on that money when you take it out. Um, not necessarily talking about strategy, but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of the basics of, 
you know, what type of account you got, what type of taxes you should be expecting to pay based on where you parked it and when you sell investments and when you take income. Yep. Um, just the end disclosure, always talk to an accountant or work with a financial advisor. If, if you're not, or if you have questions, um, you know, they should be able to help you take a look at your accounts and figure out the best tax advantage way to take care of what you're trying to do. Um, so always, always speak to a professional, even Aber and I, if I have clients who are asking me about it, I will with, you know, all, all the times they go talk to an accountant, yeah. uh, cause I want to make sure we get the taxing right. Cause it can make a huge, huge difference on your investments and your retirement. So, um, yeah, that's all I got for you. I'm going to go out there and have another bacon donut. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. The foregoing content reflects the opinions of Penobscot Financial Advisors and is subject to change at any time without notice. Content provided herein is for informational purposes only and should not be used or construed as investment advice or a recommendation regarding the purchase or sale of any security. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Thank you.